Thank you for taking time to listen to this sermon from Hope Church Toronto North. It is our prayer that through this message, you are challenged and encouraged by the Word of God and grow in your love for God and love for others. It is God's desire for us to be members of and regularly participate in a local church under the care of qualified elders. If you are not attending a local church right now, we encourage you to take that step. If you do live in the North York area and are looking for a local church, we invite you to visit us at one of our Sunday morning gatherings to discern if this is the church God is leading you to. Our God is so good. It's amazing to just be here and to stand in his presence and to worship him this morning. So we just want to give him all the glory and all the praise for all that he's done in our lives and the lives around us across the world. God is faithful. He is good. So let's just pray to him right now. Father, we just thank you so much, Lord, for the opportunity to be here, to worship you, to come into your holy presence through the blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you that we are a new creation in you, Lord, that the old, the dead is gone and the new creation is here, that we have your spirit dwelling in us to help us to live this life, to encourage our souls, Lord, to help us remember your truths and remember your promises, Lord. And so we just praise you forever, the King of Kings right now. And Lord, I just pray for Marv as he comes and delivers the word to us today, Lord, that you would illuminate your scriptures to us, help us to see the truths and who you are and who we are, Lord, as we abound in your grace, as we just marvel at your love and your mercy towards us. And help us to receive that, Lord. And for those who don't know you today, Lord, help them to see your great love and your great mercy towards them. In your name, Jesus, we pray all this. Amen. All right. You can turn to Luke 15. We're going to be looking at verses 1 to 10. So Luke 15, 1 to 10. If you have it, say amen. Amen. All right, let's go to work. All the tax collectors and sinners were approaching to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes were complaining, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable, what man among you who has a hundred sheep and loses one of them does not leave the 99 in the open field and go after the lost one until he finds it? When he has found it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and coming home, he calls his friends and neighbors together saying to them, rejoice with me, here's why, because I found my lost sheep. I tell you, in the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need repentance. Verse 8, or what woman who has 10 silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. When she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together saying, rejoice with me because I found the silver coin I lost. I tell you, in the same way, there's joy in the presence of God's angels over one sinner who repents. Father, we thank you for the word. We pray that you would speak to us through it now and that you would help me just to serve my brothers and sisters. It's good to be here and have the privilege to speak. I pray that you would anoint me in a fresh way. And God, I pray that you would anoint my brothers and sisters as they listen, that their hearts would be touched and they'd be helped in the ways that they need, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? 
Come on, you got to talk to me. Don't leave me up here. Title of the message is Lost and Found. Lost and Found. And every believer in this room can sing Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound that saved a wretch like me. Why? I once was lost, but now I am. I once was lost, but now I am. And that's because God came to find you. That's what this text says. You are found because God came to... In your salvation, you didn't go looking for God. Do you know that? He came looking for you. In Ezekiel 34, it says, the Lord God says, I will search for my flock. As a shepherd looks for his sheep, so I will look for my flock. I will rescue them from all the places where they have been scattered. Once we were lost, but God came to find us. And here's the thing. God brought me here today to tell you why he did it. He wants you to know why he did it. Because knowing why he did it helps you. Knowing why he did it blesses you. Knowing why he did it motivates you to live a certain way. Say, tell us why he did it. Come on, say, tell us why he did it. God did it because he values you. You are valued by him. You are valued by him. Notice that when the man lost one sheep, he didn't go, at least I still have 99. Notice that when the woman lost a coin, she didn't say, well, at least I still have nine. They both got up and searched. They went looking. The sheep mattered to the man. The coin mattered to the woman. And in the same way, you matter to God. That's why he comes looking. See, God loves you. So he didn't just leave you where you were in your lostness. And sometimes when we're by ourselves, we sit there and we wonder, do I matter to anyone? In our toughest moments, we wonder, is there anybody that actually cares about me? Well, the Bible says, yes, there is someone. It's the king of the universe. God cares about you very much. Notice in verse 5, it says, when he found, this is speaking of the sheep, when he found, when he, sorry, the man, when he found the sheep, he joyfully put it on his shoulders and carried it home. You notice this? The man didn't make the lost herding sheep walk home. He picked it up. He carried it. That's exactly what God does for you. In your toughest moments, God picks you up. You're like, prove it. I'll tell you. Isaiah 40, verse 1. God protects, sorry, verse 11. God protects his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms, and carries them in the fold of his garment. In those tough times when life hits you hard, when you're wondering if anybody cares about me, God comes, he picks you up, he puts you on his shoulder, and he says, don't worry, I got you, take it easy, I'm going to get you home. That's what your father does for you, and that's why you can say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because God is with you. Me, all day, every day. That's the king that you praise and worship and live under. His eye is always on you. The tax collectors and sinners, they're doing the right thing in the text. 
It says that they're approaching Jesus, verse 2, and listening to him. But notice, right, the scribes and the Pharisees, they're doing the wrong thing. What are they doing? Say it. What are they doing? Complaining. There's, I said this before. I'll say it again. There's always somebody vexed when there's good things going on, isn't there? Always somebody upset. They're complaining. This is a good, what's happening here is a good thing, and they're upset. And they're, all, they're upset because they just don't like who Jesus is hanging out with. That's all it is. They hated tax collectors. Why? They were, they were Jewish people who worked for Rome. They worked for the oppressor. And they were frauds, too. They collected more than they were supposed to. And here's the other thing. They looked down on anybody who didn't live like them. That's why they called them sinners. What you have here is they wouldn't be caught dead with these people. These are the people they go out of the way, their way to avoid. They're like, we want nothing to do with these people. But Jesus is not like them. Jesus says, his actions say, yeah, I know that their life is messy. Yeah, I know that most people avoid them. Yeah, I know that people would not welcome them into, the, into their home and into their life. But I'm not doing any of that because these people, even though their life's messy, even though they're not living the way you think they should be living, they still matter to God. He's like, yes, I know that their lives are messy. Yes, I know that you avoid them, but I will not avoid them because these are the people that I came to save. What Jesus is doing here is what he promised to do, to seek and to save that which was lost. This text tells the unbeliever that no matter how far you are in sin, no matter how lost you feel, no matter how far away from God you feel, you still matter to God. You never get to that spot where you stop mattering to God and there's always a way to come home. Fabidian Abueli said, the worst thing in the world is not to be a sinner, but to be a sinner who thinks that God does not value you. The value God attaches to the sinner's soul is seen in the cross and the blood of the Son of God. We all matter to God, and he gave his Son to give those outside of the faith a way to find your way home, and you do that by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. We matter to God. You see that in the love of the Son, the death of the Son on the cross for you and for me. Once we were lost, once you were lost, but God came to find you. He did it because our repentance makes God smile. Our repentance makes God smile. See, the repent, what? Come on, yo. Amen. Somebody give me some help up here. Our repentance makes God smile. When the repenting person says, I surrender. The repenting person says, I'm done making a mess of my life. I tried this thing all by myself. I tried using my own wisdom, and now I'm leaving that all, by, all behind, and I'm going with the wisdom of God. The repenting person says, I am ready to take the road less traveled because I know that makes all the difference. And that makes God smile. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's not making it up. Tell him he's not making it up. Look at verse 7. I promise I'm not making it up. I will tell you in the same way there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need 
repentance. God is joyful when you choose the right road. And it's not just God. Tell somebody it's not just God. Yeah, you you didn't think you were going to talk in church today, but you're talking today. It's not just God. Look at verse 10. I tell you in the same way there is joy in the presence of God's angels over one sinner who repents. When you repented for the first time, do you know this? Read your Bible close. They threw a party for you. It's in the text. When you came to faith for the first time, there was a party in heaven for you. Angels were singing Mary was dancing. The champagne was popping. David got busy in a corner. The place was alive. Why? Because you were straying like sheep. And now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your soul. That's your reality today. Because God is a good shepherd. Because God is a God of love. Because God is a God of mercy. Because God would not let you stay in your lostness. You today are right where you're supposed to be. Under the arm and the care and the shepherd of the king. And you're like, Marv, some days it doesn't feel like that. Just because it doesn't always feel like you're under the care of God doesn't mean it's not true. And our experience sometimes can get us to a spot where we start to doubt the true reality of where we are with God and what is actually going on in our life. And so don't always make your feelings drive how you behave. Because how we feel doesn't always match what our reality is. You are under the care and and shepherding of the king of the world. I wonder if there's anybody in here today that's grateful that God came to find them. That God didn't leave you in your lostness. That he came and sought you out. Our repentance brings joy and a smile to the face of God. You know why? God loves when you and me, when we do what is right. He loves it. It pleases him because when you're doing what is right, when you're doing what you're supposed to, you are reflecting God well as an image bearer of God. He loves when you do what is right. Now raise your hand if you want to keep God smiling. Raise your hand if you want to keep God smiling. See, you made God smile that first time when you turned and said, I'm done with all that. I'm ready, for, I'm ready to follow my father. You made him smile. But here's the thing. You can continue to make God smile. Do you know that? You can continue every day to bring joy to the heart of God. I bet you didn't know that when you came in, that you weren't thinking that way. That you can make God happy. Do you know that? But you can. And you can do it when you do some very specific things. I'm going to give you some. Here's one. Don't let yourself become prideful. You will bring a smile to the heart of a face of God when you don't let yourself become prideful. You're like, where are you getting that? The Pharisees, the scribes, prideful. They look down on the people in the text. Why is he hanging out with those people? 
Those aren't people we'd want to, we would go near. We're better than those people. That's how they were behaving. See, we re- remember and we stay humble when we remember that if it wasn't for Jesus Christ, I would be just as lost as everybody else. The only difference in my life is that God has shown me grace and mercy. That's the only difference. And that is a way to stay in a place of humility. Here's this next one. Continue to be a person who takes responsibility. Right? Look at the man in the text. He lost his sheep. But he didn't go to somebody and say like, yo, brethren, can you go take care of that for me? He did it himself. He left the 99 and he went looking for the one. He took responsibility for what belonged to him. And you need to be a person continually who takes responsibility in your life. When you're this kind of person, people will respect you when you're a responsible human being. When you're a responsible human being, people will follow you. People will promote you. Do you know that? They will speak highly of you because it speaks and shows your character. They'll be willing to work with you when you are a person who takes responsibility. Here's this next one. Practice diligence in every area of your life. It's all right. Things drop all the time in church. Just look at me. Take and practice diligence in every area of your life. Did you notice that the woman in the text is very diligent? She sets a great example for everybody to follow. Do you notice it? Let me show you. Verse 8. It says, Or what woman who has ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not, watch this. Here comes the diligence. Light a lamp. Sweep the house. And searches carefully. She puts in work to find what she's looking for. And I want you to notice another word. Until she finds it. That word until tells you, there it is. What did you say, Pastor Sean? Say it. I saw you mouth it. She was never going to give up until she found what she was looking for. She puts in the work. She doesn't ask somebody else to do it for her. She is diligent and she was never going to give up. That's exactly why she found what she was looking for. Diligence and hard work always pays off. Do you know that? Always pays off. But let me tell you something that some of you probably already know. Let me say it. Diligence requires discipline. If you agree, say it's true. true. Diligence requires discipline. There's a whole bunch of people who never, never accomplish their goals. Do you know why? They're afraid to embrace a little bit of discipline. And then they wonder, like, how come that thing's not coming through for me? How come that thing's not working out? Because you're lazy. Because you won't put in the work. Because you run from hard work instead of running to it. But this woman, not running from the hard work, if she has to light the lamp, tells you it's nighttime, right? She could be like, yeah, what do you know what? I got nine. I'm going to bed. It's, it's true. But she gets up. She lights the lamp. When she lights the lamp, she could have said, you know what, I feel a little bit tired. She didn't say that. Then she, then she sweeps. She searches. 
She looks. She puts in the work. She embraces diligence. She, she stepped into the discipline, the hard work, and she found what she was looking. It's the same thing that will happen in your life if you are this kind of person. You will have success. I don't know exactly how. I'm not a prosperity preacher. I'm not going to tell you. You know, there's 10 things that are coming to you, but I'm telling you. It's true. They do that, right? Liars. But there's good things that will come to your life if you put in the hard work. Here's the other one. Pursue others like God. Pursue others. God is determined to bring all the sheep back into the flock. But here's how it comes home to us. He wants to use our witness to do it. That's why Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. you are, do you know you can make a difference in this world? Do you know you can make a difference in a, in a, in a person's life? If you, will, if you are willing to embrace the call on our lives as disciples to go out and spread the gospel, to tell the truth to people who need to hear it, you can make a difference. God wants to use you. So we go after the people who are not in the flock. Here's the other thing, though. We go after the people who stray from the flock. James 5, 19 to 20 says, My brothers and sisters, if any among you strays from the truth, and watch this, and someone turns him back, let that person know that whoever turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save his soul from death. Believers stray. Right? We sung the song, prone to, don't you feel it sometimes? Don't you look at the people who aren't Christians and you're like, man, it looks like they're, I was feeling that this morning. Man, it looks like their life's easy. Everybody's just sleeping right now. It's 7 a.m. and I'm ironing shirts. We got four boys at the house. We can't get, let them show up here crinkled. To go to church. I'm like, they don't have to do any of this. They can just sleep. And you just, you just, for a moment, it sounds silly to you, but for a moment, you're like, ah, prone to wander. Lord, I, I, you sit there. You feel it too. Lord, I feel it. And sometimes people, as the longer we're together as a church family, there are going to be some people who drift off. There are going to be some people who, who the temptation just sort of grabs them. And here's the thing. When you notice God says to you, don't let them just drift off, you get up and you go get them. You go counsel them, you go pray with them, you go listen to them. Because sometimes the person drifts off because there's some real pain going on, there's some real confusion going on, and we need to listen, we need to pray with them, we need to counsel them, give them good, solid advice, and tell them, get back on the narrow path, because this is the path to glory, this is the path to victory, this is the path to your life being right, this is the path to you being under the care of God, yes! There's a lot of people on that wide path, and it looks easy. But trust me, if you go over there, all you're going to do is run into a whole bunch of people who are just dealing with the fleeting pleasures of sin. And so they keep going after that thing again and again and again and again, hoping to find fulfillment, hoping to find joy. But we know that joy is found in being under the care and guidance of Jesus Christ and him alone nowhere else. 
Everything else is fleeting. And so you come on home. Come back to the flock. And again, listen to what it says. Saves their soul from death. We talk a lot about at this church that we want to be a, a family, a church family that looks after each other. Think about this. That cares for one another. Think about this when somebody drifts off. You go get them because their spiritual life is in jeopardy. It's not a small thing. So you can make a difference. Here's this last one. Celebrate when a lost person is found. Celebrate when a... I told you that there was a party going on in heaven, but you notice in the text there was also a party going on on earth. It says, when the man and the woman found what they were looking for, what'd they do? Verse 6 and verse 9. They called their friends and their neighbors. Let's have a barbecue. You know how much I love barbecues. Come, let's get together and have a party. Why? Because this lost thing has been found. That, when a person comes to faith for the first time, this is what we are to do. We get together, we throw parties. There's not enough parties in church, right? We, throw, we get together with them and we say, we are celebrating the fact that you were lost, but now you are found. And when you do this, when you gather with that new believer, it tells them two things, two really important things. It tells them, you're in a community now. And it tells them, the journey home, this battle, is not something you have to fight all by yourself. You got people with you to help you fight the good fight of the faith. You get together with them, and you know what you do? You sing Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now, because of the mercy and goodness of my God, because of the mercy and goodness of that good shepherd, I am found. We are found. We're right where we are supposed to be. This text tells you that you matter to God. You matter to God. Some people might tell you you don't matter. God tells you you do. This text tells you you can bring joy to the heart of God when you live in very specific and wise ways like we see in the scriptures. Stand with me. I'm done. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks, Lord God, for coming to find us rescuing us, Lord, when we were straying, straying, not knowing how to get home. But you sent your son, Lord God, who died in our place and then who gave a good gospel call, who said, I have come to, and to, to seek and to save that which was lost. And God, in your mercy, you spoke to our hearts when we heard that gospel call, the, the Holy Spirit turned us, turned away, us away from ourselves and turned us to you. And God, we give you thanks for that. Lord, I also want to pray for the person who has not turned. God, that you would speak to them right now, that they would understand that there is 
only fleeting pleasures away from you. But at your right hand are pleasures forevermore, that there's joy that is never-ending, that's promised to us when it's all said and done. And so we, God, we thank you, Lord, that you are a good shepherd. Lord, we are your sheep. You came and found us. I pray that it would help us to feel our worth. It would help us to feel our value. It would help us to see how much we matter in the economy of things. And I pray, Lord God, that this love that you have shown us would move us to live wisely. To live in a way now that we say, my whole commitment is to bring joy and a smile to my Father's face. And I can do it because the Spirit of God lives in me and empowers me to do these things. Anoint us, Lord God, as we sing and as we go to live in these ways, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. For more resources or information about Hope Church, visit hopetorontonorth.com.